You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 258. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive is that audio fitness app that's on your phone that I'm obsessed with when I want to combine the trainer, guidance, and an awesome music list to do a workout that's not something I normally do on my own. There are so many different forms of workouts. If you want to run indoors, outdoors, on a treadmill, you want to do Pilates, yoga, even meditation, or if you're pregnant, you have all of these workouts at your disposal ready to get started when you are. They also divide them by fitness level, so easy, medium, difficult. You can also pick the type of length and duration you want to have. You name it, they have really done an amazing job making it so that if you want to do a workout with a trainer, but you don't have one where you are, you don't need one. Just use this app and you're ready to get going. So as I've always recommended, use the trending now feature when you get started to see some popular classes that you might want to start with once you've signed up. To get a free 30-day trial to give this a shot, you can go over to aptiv.com. That's A-A-P-T-I-V.com. Then click on the sign up button and enter the code The Lively Show. The Lively Show is going to give you that free 30-day trial, which is longer than their regular free trial. So I hope you love it as much as I do. And then, of course, download it on your phone and you're ready to get started. Now let's move on. Where am I? I'm in Sydney. Ta-da! I'm here. I am so excited to be here and no longer needing to think about my suitcase as something that is basically the keeper of all of my possessions. It's been interesting to start to buy and shop for a home again after 20 months living out of the suitcase without having possessions. And today's episode, I decided to give you guys a little update on everything in terms of how this is going with settling into the new apartment and a new life with a base, if you will, and also some changes that have happened in my life in the last week or two as well, which affect how I'm approaching this new transition into this new chapter of no longer traveling full time. So the number one thing that is not like this is the headliner of the episode, but obviously has had a very large shift in my own mental place and understanding of how this is going to look for me in Sydney is that you guys have heard me mention the rhino a few times here on the show. He and I have been together for a handful of months and we've decided to be friends. And this happened a few days before I actually arrived in Sydney. So it's been an interesting and sort of unexpected. It's a good thing, I think, overall. And it's something that I think in the long term, we're going to really look back on and be glad that we decided. And at the same time, it's also dramatically shifted my mindset in some ways coming into Sydney. Now, of course, I did not move here for the Rhino, as I've said before, but knowing that he was a part of my life and at that time thinking that he was a part of my life in that partnership way shifted how I was thinking about what my first few weeks or months at least in Sydney would be like. But now that we've decided to be friends, I truly did land here in Sydney as a single person moving to a totally different country in the world. Now, I had always kind of envisioned, if you ask my ego what I wanted when I started traveling, I was like, well, I'd love to travel and find my partner and then go be with them. And that is not how it ever flowed. And at the same time that it hasn't been flowing that way, that doesn't mean it's not in my future here in Sydney or elsewhere, but it's just not there yet. And so it's kind of interesting as someone, I think that a lot of people might be able, to, or at least females might be able to relate to 
Like I was someone that always wanted the house, the dogs, the kids. Like I wasn't totally to the point where I didn't want to have a career that helped in a massive way, but I also deeply, deeply, deeply always wanted those other elements. And of course, I got married in my 20s and thought it was going to happen in that scenario and then have flown around and have been so excited to see the growth and the worldview changing and just everything that I've been able to experience. But yes, the core of me still is excited for that personal deep connection and community and family aspect of a life. And here I am at 33, traveled a lot, seen a lot of incredible experiences, and yet also am excited for that next chapter. And though it's not happening with the Rhino and he's been incredibly supportive and in so many ways has just helped me make this transition so smooth for me here to Australia since he is Australian himself, it is also very interesting to see someone like myself who had all of those desires for family and connection and community and deep roots be put in a situation where that's not been the case and to grow and expand without that aspect of myself. So that's kind of been what I've been readjusting to and to think of myself in my mid-30s living in another country, single, no longer traveling. It's just a new adjustment. So as I've been making these shifts in my own life and thinking about things in a new way in the last week, it's also sort of in some ways shifted how I thought I would decorate, for example, instead of trying to create a place that would be maybe more gender neutral, I've decided, you know what, screw it live for myself. So guess what I've ordered, guys? I've ordered a pink sofa. Yes, it's a giant pink sofa. It is arriving on Thursday. As Flo would have it, it is the sofa that was in stock. So a lot of the places here, you need a few months lead time to get a delivery of a sofa. And I had this one in mind from the flat that I lived in when I was here in the last few months. I've been staying in this amazing apartment that had this gorgeous couch and I loved it. It was gray at the time, but I knew they had a pink one and I went back and forth on whether I'd want a pink sofa in the last few months thinking that, you know, it's not the most practical color for when I do have a partner and let's say, for example, I'm living with someone, maybe the guy will love pink and will not care if we have a pink sofa or maybe they won't. I don't really know. But either way, I went into the store the other day, actually yesterday, and looked at the sofa. I had no idea how much it cost. It could have, you know, been 10000 or 2000 I had no idea what the price point would be with this type of sofa, but it turned out to be much more affordable than I expected, which was awesome. And then it was about the delivery time since I have no furniture here in my flat. I was very curious on how quickly I could get something to sit on on the lower level instead of just the mattress that's laying on my floor at this moment. So as Flo would have it, Yes, the pink sofa in the length that I wanted is available and arriving soon. So basically, I've thought about it and I was like, you know what? I'm also kind of one of those people. I think my mom, in large part, is part of my reason that I always go for the most neutral thing. When it comes to jewelry or often things, I always get the clear thing, the white thing, the neutral color, because it goes with the most, right? Here I am getting a pink sofa, which seems very rather specific. But at the same time, the great thing is, it is a slipcover. It is something I can change in the future if I ever choose to. And you know what? Right now, I believe in the universe. I trust in the universe. And I can decorate my house as a very girly bachelorette pad. And you know what? When it comes time, let's say in the next few months or years, for me to be with a partner that wants to have a more gender neutral space, we can cross that bridge when we get there. And I trust that the universe is going to provide for me. So it's okay if I go really pink in this place right now. And then later, I decide to change. 
the universe is abundant. I can still find a beautiful home for this pink sofa or change the slipcover in the future. In addition, it's been fun to be able to finally collect some of the pieces I've been excited to have for my home that I've picked up in terms of preferences and memories from around the world. So though I didn't buy anything, I think I've only bought one mug in Australia earlier this year that was for a future home. I didn't actually buy any trinkets or mementos while traveling simply because I couldn't put it anywhere. I just had a suitcase with me. But I did know what I would want when I did have a home. One of those things was having these beautiful crystal goblets that I found everywhere in Amsterdam. Amsterdam has these beautiful, almost like whiskey crystal tumblers that have these beautiful intricate designs on them. And they use them for water at restaurants, kind of like, I would say they're like the Amsterdam version of a mason jar. So mason jars are very popular in a lot of rustic places in the US. The equivalent of that in Amsterdam are these crystal cut glasses. So they're so popular and I just loved using them on these daily, regular basis uses like water and just regular drinks. So I knew I would one day want to have a set of my own. And so while I was in New York, I found that West Elm has those crystal goblets on their you know current merchandise list. So I picked them up, though I wanted the actual Amsterdam ones. I wasn't sure if they were going to ship from Amsterdam to Australia. because now I have to think about where I can get things shipped from and whether they do ship to Australia. It's a new consideration for myself. So I ended up picking them up at West Elm, though I secretly kind of wanted to actually order them from Amsterdam to feel like I really had the Amsterdam glasses. But as again, Flo would have it, I ended up looking after I purchased the West Elm glasses, I saw that the website I would have bought them in Amsterdam was sold out anyway. So it all worked out. So now I've got those beautiful glasses. In addition, I also have two chairs that flowed along with the sofa purchase that are this beautiful, I think it's called Malawi chairs. They're chairs that are woven in this beautiful way. I think that they're from Africa and I don't know where Malawi is or if that's a place or named after what, but I will say that when I was in Cape Town, these beautiful woven chairs were in my Airbnb and I love them so much. And I was just just thinking, you know what, when I have a place, I want to have chairs like that. And again, like I said, along with the sofa, they offer me a discount on these exact style of chairs. So again, they're coming on Thursday and I'm excited to have this little memory from Cape Town, these glasses from Amsterdam as little mementos and memories and triggers from the travels and journeys that I've had so far. And as I said, yeah, I'm just going feminine with this place. I'm going for what feels like flow and what feels like what I want for right now for myself, not thinking about the future, but for myself right now, which is not typically how I've decorated in the past, obviously with partners for 10 years, always thinking about generally how it could be something that we both love. But now it's just about me. And that feels pretty good. And I just am owning it and saying, you know what, eventually this stuff might not be right for me and my new change and chapter in my life. And that's okay, too. The universe will provide it'll all be okay. So in addition, just as a side note, I know a lot of people here like to think about minimalism and are probably curious about whether I'm more minimalist now. I never saw myself as a minimalist before. I always was someone in the past in my old life in Michigan and Chicago and Austin as someone who loved decor, loved decorating, and loved exfoliating is the term I used for it when I started blogging in 2009, which is exfoliating the items kind of like when you exfoliate your skin 
letting go of the things you no longer need, use, or love. So I never liked having too much stuff or stuff that I did not need, use, or love, but I never put any kind of restrictions or limitations in terms of counting the amount of things I owned or restricting myself in any way that often a lot of minimalist approaches a few years ago seemed to really love. I did do a little capsule wardrobe for a while, and that was a fun practice, and I've been been kind of inadvertently forced to have that same capsule wardrobe format for the travels just because I can only carry so much in my suitcase. But now I'll say having gone 20 months with just the limitations of being able to only buy beauty products, makeup products, and clothing, because those are really the only things I can carry and are practical while traveling, I've become a different type of shopper, a different type of buyer. And I think that is going into this new experience in this new place as well as I decorate. Now I'm seeing it play out in a life rather than just a travel lifestyle. So I used to notice that my former partner would, he had like a great way of buying the best and less. So he'd always get like the best of whatever he wanted, but he didn't have that much stuff. I always had way more stuff. And often I think I used to have the mindset of buying if it was less expensive or on sale. I wasn't totally one of those people that only buy because the price was so deeply discounted by any means. And I never avoided buying nice things either. I'll be honest, it wasn't something I had a block to, but I just had more stuff And sometimes the price point would be more sensitive for me. And since I started traveling and didn't have utilities or rent or any of these other things that most people have to deal with when they're looking at their budget, I was just so limited in what I could buy. I just could buy the best of what I could buy. And so now coming into this, I have that same approach to decor and to my house. So I want the best, but not too much. And so I'm still kind of doing what I perceived, and it's not a masculine way of shopping, but it was what I've seen personally displayed more by my partners that are male or by males in my life as they buy just what they want, exactly what they want. They don't care the cost as much as they care about it being exactly what they want and being the quality that they're looking for. So that's how I'm approaching the decorating. I only have two pans instead of maybe getting a full set of, you know, a box of a million different pans and cookware and all that stuff, which I've definitely done in the past in the US. Now I've just got two pans. I know what I like. I need a size for eggs. I need a size to do a stir fry if on the off chance I end up doing that or just something a little bit bigger. But that's about it. I need two pots. I don't cook that much. So for me to have the big set with 16 pieces no longer feels necessary. But getting two pans that cost $130 between, you know, for both of them, that feels right. So instead of buying the $130 set that is the 12 pieces for the same price, I'd rather buy better quality pans that are just two, but are exactly what I know I'm going to need. And then just basically buy new things on an as needed basis instead of a this will come in handy basis. I think I used to have more of a this will come in handy one day basis, but now things like kitchen items for sure, pillows, artwork, clothing, and tools, like I'm only getting those as they're actually needed. I had no plan to get a hammer. I know this is so weird to think about, but just imagine everything you have is gone and you're starting over and you've gone a long time without any of it. You really start to notice all the stuff you used to have and whether you actually need it now going forward or not becomes a new experience. So for example, the hammer wasn't gonna get one, but it turned out that it became very handy to put together a 
Ikea dresser that I needed for my bathroom. So I did walk out and go get the hammer as we were assembling the dresser. But it wasn't about, oh, I know I'm going to need this one day or maybe this will come in handy. It's really I need this, I'm gonna go get this. And that's how I know the things that I have in my life are actually useful because the truth is I have no idea how long I'm staying in Sydney or Australia. I have no idea if I'm gonna live here forever, if I'm only gonna live here for a few months. I have no clue. I'm literally still in so many ways flowing just like I was while traveling. The difference is I have a lease that I have signed, but I can always break that lease and I will have a sofa and all that stuff. But the truth is I told my mom, you know, I have no idea what's coming up in my future, but I know that since I've done it before, since I've already left everything I knew behind and found a way to start again, I know that's possible for me in the future. So I don't need to worry too much about like creating the biggest, deepest roots ever, having a ton of stuff. Like, I don't know how long I'll stay in this unit. Maybe I'll stay in Australia, but I might move one day from this place. And thinking about the shuffling of a bunch of possessions that maybe one day will come in handy doesn't feel as exciting to me now as the cleanliness, the cleanness, the mental clarity that's come from living in Airbnbs that are beautifully designed, but are not overly complicated with stuff. Having the limitations has actually been something that I found a lot of peace and clarity and focus in. So as it comes to focus, one of the things, just shifting gears a little bit, is looking back on 2017, for myself is very interesting because I remember writing my letter to my future self, which you might want to try if you want to for the new year. I've had many years of my life where I will write a letter to myself from the year ahead. So on January 1st of this year, I was in Austin, Texas. I remember very vividly sitting in this coffee shop, ironically buying my refrigerator and washer dryer in Australia this time. But when I was there January 1st of 2017, I wrote a letter about what I had accomplished in 2017 as if I was in 2018. Does that make sense? So I wrote a letter about all the things I accomplished in the year ahead. And what I put in that letter was that I found my partner and a place to live. And I do believe that I had this desire or hope that I'd find the partner and place together at the same time. And then I would choose to be somewhere. Now, I also at the same time never had a strong calling to be any one place. So a lot of times when I would share that with people, they'd say, well, why don't you just pick a place you want to be because you want to be there? And for most of the trip, I had no idea where I'd want to be on my own just to be. Now, obviously, Sydney has proven to become that place for myself. And even more ironically, January 5th was the first time I stepped foot into Sydney. So Here I was writing this letter about how I wanted a partner and a place to live and thinking that the universe would provide it hopefully sooner than later for me in the beginning of 2017. A lot of 2017, I spent my time feeling frustrated egoically, right? Obviously ego, not intuition. But egoically, I was saying, where is he? Where is this place? I'm sick of traveling in the suitcase. Please, please, please. And getting really frustrated about it. But look at what happened. January 5th is when I came to Sydney. I spent around six or just a little shy of six months here in Australia, mostly in Sydney this year. And I actually decided I wanted to live here. So in some ways, I, at the very beginning of the year, manifested exactly what I wanted without realizing it. And the funniest thing is I've been staying in the same neighborhood, Potts Point. Now I'm in Woolloomooloo, which is very close by to Potts Point. And that's where I started this whole thing. So I kind of found where I wanted to be without realizing it until November. I found it in January. I just didn't know until November that that's 
where it is. And of course, the partner piece didn't happen exactly as I expected, but at the same time, it happened kind of perfectly to have someone in my life that I thought would have the potential of being someone that could be more and then having that not be the reason to move, but have it feel like I had an emotional support in a new country, that felt really good. And that still is there. The friendship is still there. That support is still there. So it's kind of perfect. I did end up getting what I wanted, but at the same time, it's not looking exactly as I expected. And isn't that life, right? Isn't that the growth that we have? Sometimes it is about manifesting exactly what you wanted in the perfect way. And there are other times where you manifest it almost exactly as you want, but you don't even realize that on the other side of it, on your intuition side, there's more growth to be had. And out of it not going exactly as how maybe your ego would want it to be, you're still going to grow. And then out of that growth will be new desires new data, and something even better than you ever could have imagined before. And I think that that's something I've definitely recognized and thought a lot about is when I left on this trip, I asked my intuition in a letter. You can see it on the vlog about the decision to sell the house and the furniture. I asked, is this something I should do? And I thought I heard yes, and I asked why. And the answer I heard was because I wanted a life I never imagined before. Well, my response in the video, you can see me very bewilderedly asking, how do I know I want a life I've never imagined before? Like, if I can't imagine it, how do I know I want it? And that was, especially at that time in my life, something that was so inconceivable to myself. I'd spent all this time in the Newtonian personal development world thinking about you create your own reality and you need to visualize, you need to know exactly what it's going to look like and you need to take those action steps. You need to grind and hustle it out to get there. And even though I kind of come into the law of attraction stuff, I still was just clueless on how I could desire something I couldn't envisualize, I couldn't see. And now I'm here in this beautiful flat and I never would have imagined that this would be where I'd end up. I never would have imagined I'd end up being here single. So it is in many ways a life I never imagined before and I have no clue what's gonna come next in terms of my personal life or really my professional for that matter either. I just don't worry about the professional nearly as much. I'm much better personally at flowing in the career and going, you know what? Universe is gonna take care of me. I'm gonna figure out what's next for this. It's all fine. I'm really good at that. But on the personal side, this is where I tend to go upstream. It's where I get most controlling in the efforting and actioning rather than just the aligning. I can do the alignment with career so easily, but it's a little bit more of the growth for me to do it in the personal life. It's my tendency to want to create the outcome, to have a cause and effect instead of the consciousness causing the effect. But that's okay. We're all here to grow. And this is just the area I'm growing in. And what I've noticed is the beautiful thing is in January 5th, without me realizing it, I stumbled upon exactly where I wanted to be long term. But Without realizing it, what that also allowed me to do this year was flow from experience to experience. So even though my ego was kind of crabby about the fact that I hadn't found the place to be, what I decided to do 
in that flow of that situation that was very beautiful and wonderful is that I just started picking up learning experiences as an excuse to decide where to be next. So I have been learning this year from incredible teachers and thought leaders in so many different aspects and areas of life in Spain and London and Sydney and Melbourne and Los Angeles and Austin, you name it. I have been there. I've been to, I want to say around 20 different conferences this year alone. And my expansion has been astronomical in terms of knowledge and awareness about what is going on in this world in the most leading edge of ways. To learn from people like Joe Dispenza, Wim Hof, Lynn McTaggart, Greg Braden, Bruce Lipton, I could go on and on. These thought leaders are just changing the shape of what we know as our reality. And now I'm excited because 2018 is about experiencing all of that knowledge. I also studied almost every single day because it gave me so much alignment to do so. And I also developed a huge resonance at the frequency of joy and excitement. I think I have after these 20 months of being so dedicated to law of attraction and in my own emotional awareness that I've created a deep current of joy and well-being. So even though the surface of my life might look a little bit frantic or choppy waters or might feel like I'm going upstream, what I have now noticed is being so dedicated to alignment, alignment before action as much as I can. What I've noticed is that even when now I'm out of alignment or I'm having a rough day, I'm still being guided in the river. And I'm still finding the flow, even when my emotions aren't feeling like they should be in flow. And that's been a beautiful transition. I think that a lot of times when people get into this work, the transition is hard because it's the opposite for them. Often they have choppy waters. They have a mix of emotions and vibrations on a variety of subjects. So it's really hard to see law of attraction directly working in your life in a way you want. And so then you've got a bunch of unconscious patterns going on, a bunch of waves going in a bunch of different directions, or maybe even in a subtly and even largely unconscious negative direction, because we're not always very aware of what our emotions in the vibrational physical level actually feel like. If you're used to feeling bad, you may not even know really what truly good feels like. And that's something that comes up a lot in flow with intention is as people find these incredible levels of alignment, they realize that they always assumed they were a pretty happy person. But to see the contrast of their previous feelings to how they feel as they go through the course, they're really checking and questioning everything that they knew in terms of their emotional awareness. And these are from people that are very emotional aware. It's so different when you change the vibration at the physical vibrational level. So anyways, what's interesting is in the beginning of all this work, you've got so much going on, you're not even really aware of it, and you spend a few days thinking positive thoughts, but you're not changing the current. So you don't see the law of attraction necessarily always give you this direct response, or you get a mix of things coming at you, so you can't really see the clarity of the law of attraction happening for you. Well, I can say as you rework that energy, as you mold and shift towards alignment, alignment, alignment before your actions... I'm now at the place where I'm noticing and being a little surprised by it because of the law of attraction. I expect if I'm in a bad mood that, you know, I'm not expecting or waiting or wanting negative things to happen, but I would not blame myself or feel bad. I would just say, oh, of course, this is what I would get out of this emotional state. This would be a reflection of that. But often now I'm getting to the point where I think that even though my ego or my emotional state might be kind of messed at the surface, the deeper part of me is still in that flow. And that's a beautiful place to be 
community and obviously something that I want to help share and bring to you as much as I can because there's so much peace when you feel this way in your own life. And of course, I want to do everything I can through Flow With Intention Online and the other courses we're working on for next year that are more advanced from Flow With Intention to help you to do this too. In addition, as you guys know, I have continued this year to push the boundaries of law of attraction and focus on that alignment and emotional reality, let go of the blocks through RTT and hypnotherapy because I found it so incredibly powerful and things like theta healing as well. It has been incredible to really push the boundaries on any logical or any Newtonian views on effort instead of the alignment. And to see that even as I push those boundaries, if I can't really do this, I can't really have this happen if I do it this way. I have seen, again, my business almost double once again, just like it did the year before. We've almost now built two schools in one single year through funding. As you guys may know, I donate 10% of revenue from the company through the sponsorships and through all the people that are in the classes. So if you're part of the class, just know, as you probably already do, you are helping to build these schools. We did our first school in Ghana and This year, we have our funding secured for Lao, which will be finished next year, and almost all of the funding for Guatemala's school as well. So it's so incredible to see that even when I go, quote unquote, against everything you hear in the business and personal development world about hustle and hard work and action and planning and focus and all that stuff, (laughs) letting go of all that, focusing purely on visualization, consciousness and alignment, and then letting the inspired action follow in a fluid, easy, fun way. It's been incredible. So it's been fun to continue to see that as I do live this way, it does continue to provide in all the ways that I've been learning it will or should, and it has been. So it's been incredible. I've also loved this year. I just want to just do a shout out for all the Flow With Intention members. I have loved coaching this year and this last course we just did in October more than ever. And I'm so excited to be able to do this again coming up in February. And again, just being in Australia is a great place for me to coach because I can put so much effort and energy into it because it's during the daytime, my time while it's evenings elsewhere, and especially in the US, it's in the evenings there. So it's been a beautiful experience. I'm excited to do that again. And yeah, here I am. I found the place to be. And I'm alone. And one of the things this is so random, but it's personal to me. And I just thought I'd share it is that I'm really glad that I had Liz Gilbert and E. Pray Love as a inspiration and as a, I wouldn't call her a role model. Obviously, I didn't plan to travel around the world for 20 months. I didn't plan to do what Liz did or anything similar to it. But knowing that she had done it, knowing a female that had traveled a long time alone, that had left a relationship, that had gone on this adventure, if you will, helped me feel less alone because as a female, there wasn't that many people I could look to to know were also doing it. Now I know Chelsea Dinsmore is another person that's also doing this at the same real-time place as myself, though I haven't met in person or actually connected too much just knowing that, but I didn't know her at the time and I don't even think she was doing it when I got started. So having Liz as someone who could be this inspiration, it could be this person that had gone before me, that was really wonderful. But now I'm in this new chapter. So before... I had her as this travel woman explorer person. But now as I'm coming into this new, more settled me, single in a new country, in a new adventure, I didn't have someone in mind that I could say or look to that was really, truly thriving. I just, no one came to mind until my friend Erica, who you guys have heard on the show recently a few different times, mentioned on a phone call that she was loving Megan Markle, who's the new 
wife of Prince Harry. And she had me go watch the interview with her and Harry. And I'd already watched Suits. So I already knew of her and liked her from the show years ago. But to see her as a person, not as the actress in the character on the show, and to see her so happy with Prince Harry and everything, and to know that she was 36, and that she lived this incredible life in her 30s, as a single empowered female that wasn't traveling the world out of a suitcase and that she ended up marrying or is marrying someone that she's deeply and profoundly in love with, who's got this incredible life ahead of her in this new chapter she never could have imagined before, feels so incredible. Now, am I trying to be marrying to a prince? No, not necessarily. But what I love about her is that I'm 33. She's 36. She was probably not sitting here like my ego sometimes wants to. And so, oh, what about me? What about me? I'm not where I want to be yet. But she lived that chapter so fully. You can tell her heart is so open. I just was so excited to see her as someone that now, obviously, it's not about the fact that she's getting married to the prince, but she just is someone who lived in her 30s in a truly empowered way that wasn't traveling in a suitcase. So now I'm using her, or at least the idea I have of her. So it does not matter. I do not need to know what Megan's actual life is, but in my head, it gives me a vision and an idea of this female that's living this incredible life that's not very common in a single way to live in a beautiful place like I'm living where I'm living in Sydney at my age doing what I'm doing all on my own that's not very common and I don't have a lot of people that have gone before me that I can look to and say oh they did it they did it they did it most of my people that I know have done it with partners and I've done it with a partner and I don't think there's anything wrong with it it just felt a little bit weird and and it didn't feel very exciting I know many men that have done this but not female so Knowing that Princess Meghan or whatever Duchess of whatever she's going to be, knowing that just for some reason really inspires me to blaze my own trail and to also recognize that I can be that person. Like I don't need to have someone to lead the way. And I just love that she is there because she's kind of tangentially showing me it's possible of how I can live and grow into my own power, my own light, and my own love, and, and my own ability to be this. And I've never tried to be a role model too much. I just want to help everyone. But at the same time, I think if I didn't imagine getting emotional about this, if I can be there as someone who didn't expect to be in their 30s single and I can be the person that does still want and is excited for that chapter of home, family, community, and partnership. So I still want that, but I can be an example to someone who also didn't expect to be in this kind of situation, but is there now. If I can be someone that shows it's possible to not only live that way, but thrive that way for however long this chapter of my life lives and lasts, that's really wonderful. It's not what I'm going for. It's not why I'm living my life. I'm not living my life to be a role model. I deeply love the Abraham perspective of you're here to enjoy your own life and uplift others and them seeing you live your life can uplift them. I'm not here to uplift you. If this resonates with you, great. Like Megan's not here to uplift me. She's just living her life. But out of her living her life, she is helping me to see I can thrive in my own in a deeper way. And she's not even doing it deliberately, but it just gives me the permission to shine. I think that's the great Marianne Williamson quote. It's not our darkness that is our greatest fear and that we're inadequate. It's that our light is what we're most afraid of and to shine gives other people the permission to do the same. 
that's what I want to do. Megan does that a little bit for me, and and maybe that'll happen for you. Maybe it won't. Either way, whether you're married or not, it doesn't matter. I'm just so excited to truly thrive in one place, just like I truly thrived while I was traveling. And it wasn't that I wasn't thriving in Ann Arbor alone being single either. I, I loved that chapter. But I think where I'm at now, having gone through what I've gone through now over the last 20 months, this is a new level. And it's something that I'm excited to truly live into, even if it's not common, even if there are not a lot of people that I can say have exactly my circumstances. I can have those circumstances and inspire possibly others, but without trying, without efforting, or without trying to be that for you, if that helps you, that is incredible. And I just want to thank you so much for joining me on this journey. And especially in 2017, I want to give a special, special thank you to all the men listening to the show. I have always tried to help anyone. It is not a female-focused show by any means, although many subjects tend to focus on motherhood. That doesn't mean fatherhood's not equally applicable in many cases, but not all. And obviously, I have noticed a huge uptick in male listeners and followers on Instagram and through the classes. And I just want to thank you guys so much for listening because I think there is so much power in especially this time in our journey on this earth right now for men to be listening to empowered women talk and share on subjects that aren't always directly saying the words man and father and and in the yang way, but for them to find that there is stuff to be learned from the yin way and from a flow perspective or from a quantum perspective and not look at whether or not I'm a male or I look like them or act like them or have the same desires exactly as them, but to learn and be open to growing from a voice that's not exactly like your own. A, freaking men. Thank you so much. I just want to give you a huge hug and just say, Thank you. I think it's going to happen more and more and more in the future as our society continues to open up to the empowered feminine and to just the yin energy and just a more balanced energy between the yang and the yin and our society and so that we have balance and harmony within our own lives, within our own emotions, and also within the greater cultures as a reflection of our internal life reflecting outward into our world. That is something that is incredible. There are currently 8.9 million downloads to date on this show. It is amazing to know that you guys are sharing this. I don't promote this barely at all. (laughs) People ask me, how did you get this? I'm like, I don't know. I just show up. I just focus on the alignment. I do my best to bring as much as I can to you, as fresh as I can to you, with as much heart and alignment as I can to you. That is it. That is my marketing plan. That is everything. And yes, we've had many incredible speakers, and sometimes they share it too, which is a real gift, but obviously not even in many years have I really focused too much even on the speakers. And there will be more solo shows and speakers as it flows in the year to come. And as I shared last week, so excited to bring the deep experience of all this information to you at a greater level than before, because talking is great, knowledge is power, but it isn't the experience, it isn't the wisdom yet. And so I want to bring more wisdom, more experienced knowledge in all of these brainwave states and all of these experiences we're talking about, we're now becoming aware of. I want to personally experience them, but also find others that have and share this with you because I want us to deeply shift our experience of life, not just our knowledge about it. So thank you guys so much for listening. I love you so 
much. You have been my partner on this journey in every way, and I'm excited to continue to share with you going forward as well. Thank you. Thank you. The season this year has been ups and downs. There's been so much personal growth and to be able to show up every week and give you what I can, the best of what I have to offer has been truly my gift, my hope for you and what the show is here to do. So I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. We'll be skipping next week so you guys can have a week off. And our team here at Team Lively can as well. I want to thank the team so much to Joe. Joe, thank you. Thank you for your patience with my alignment so much. To Raven, to VK, to Tony, to Lindsay, to Alana, to Jess K. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Thank you for listening. May you have a wonderful holiday season. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I'm excited to see you in 2018. And there you have it, guys. If you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter and see all the updates of the decor actually slowly starts to take shape, you can find me at Jesse as in Christmas Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash 2017 recap. Before I share what I'm up to this week, I'd like to take some time to talk about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. As you guys know, we're at the end of the year. One of the things that business owners need to consider at the end of the year is their books, their taxes, their bookkeeping for their business. If you are not loving what you're using and you're not already using FreshBooks like I am, I highly suggest checking it out. FreshBooks.com has mobile app and a desktop and it tracks your expenses and your invoicing so you have your bookkeeping done in a simple, easy way that's so simple and beautiful. It's like using your favorite Instagram account or social media. I really do feel like the idea of doing bookkeeping without FreshBooks makes me feel like it's bookkeeping. The idea of going into FreshBooks feels so not like it. It's not even like I'm doing bookkeeping whatsoever. I love it that much. I hope you do too. I've been using it since 2012, so now I'm going on six years of being a customer myself, and I truly am obsessed. If you guys want to give it a free 30-day trials, give it a month to give it a shot, you can go over to freshbooks.com lively. Now for what I'm up to this week, I'm getting my sofa and chairs this Thursday as you're listening. And tomorrow my refrigerator and my washer dryer are coming. So it'll be nice to be able to get some cooler groceries, I guess, into the flat and also spending some time this holiday season. Of course, I'm not near my friends or family from the US, but I will be having some friends that I flowed into, Gosh being one of them, who you guys have heard here on the show a few months ago is coming here for the holidays. So I will be able to spend time with her and her boyfriend friend and some other new friends that I have met who are expats here in Australia as well. So that's what's up for me. And until 2018, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs>